The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. Yeah, how's it going, Don? Very well, thank you. And new to the uh, to the podcast, uh, Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Hi there, Don, and Father Corey. Howdy. Pat is new, so uh, as we like to do with folks who are new, we want to have you introduce yourself, tell you so, uh, something about yourself, to the audience so they get to know you. Okay, I'm Pat Scott. I live in Austin, Texas, and I am otherwise known as the Mama Nerd. I'm also Dom's mother-in-law. Yes. Um, (laughs) And I've been in technology since 1966, so that's more than 50 years. Wow. And I have my own business helping people in their homes with Macs, PCs, iOS devices, Androids, and the occasional Ring doorbell and Roku. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I love to have you on with us is not just that you're my mother-in-law, which is great to have a chance to catch up, but also because of your experience helping regular people with technology, which is kind of what we're about on Secrets of Technology. Uh, is we're, you know, we're not tech pundits. We're not journalists. We're just regular people who are using this stuff, and we're helping want to help other regular people like us use it. So uh, you uh, you bring a valuable perspective, in which I appreciate. Uh, and I don't just say that because you're my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's roll into the, uh, the topic today. And of course, the big topic of the week. And uh, and I, I don't say this just because I'm an uh, I'm an Apple fanboy, as Father Corey would call me. But <laughs> but because I mean, everybody is talking about this, all the different media. It's the Apple event from earlier this week. And uh, Apple had uh, their big media event. Their, you know, it's Showtime is what they is the way they uh, advertised it, and they announced. Uh, I I I put it at four new things. Well, one thing can be subdivided a little bit, but we put it at four new things: um, the Apple Credit Card, Apple News Plus, Apple Arcade, and Apple TV Plus, along with some Apple TV improvements. So let's let's start with the. Apple credit card, which was the surprise announcement. Uh, Apple announced a card that will be available this summer. Uh, they said there will be no fees, no hidden fees. You're going to get cash back. The big things they, they touted about it, it's, it's, it's privacy, transparency, and uh, accountability. And so uh, what, what do you think about the idea of Apple offering a credit card. Pat, you're, you're new, so I'll, I'll let you go first. I'll put you on the hot seat first. What do you think about this idea of Apple offering a credit card? What's this about? Well, since a lot of my uh, clients are senior citizens, security is becoming extremely important. And I've had to visit three people in the last two weeks that have had their bank accounts cleared out by scammers. And so uh, to me, the biggest thing is it's a safer way to charge for things without somebody knowing what you've charged for and not being into to interrupt and get in the middle of that stream. So that's a big thing for a lot of my clients. On the other hand, I worry about will they be able to make that leap to using it? 
and uh, that's that's a concern. Yeah, the the big the big thing with the privacy is or security is there are no numbers. Like even right, like they'll give you a physical card. You're going to get a physical card in the mail, even. Uh, but even that doesn't have any numbers on it, so it's harder to skim it to surf to surf off of it. Um, and it also the, the one of the big things is they talk about like like with regular Apple Pay, um, it generates a unique number every time you use it at a location, so that they can't store it. Which that's why I love to use Apple Pay myself. Uh, Father Corey, what do you think of this Apple credit card deal? Well, I do think it is the the logical uh, step after Apple Pay, and I. I... I won't be surprised at all if, if Google and Samsung both come out with something similar in the very near future, because, of course, they both have their payment systems as well. Um, but, of course, they've, Apple has had a credit card. In fact, I've got the numbers covered up. And, of course, you can't see it on the podcast, but I have one, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, so they've had their own affiliated credit cards. But this is kind of the next step where, again, it, it's more tightly connecting to their to Apple Pay. And I, I do think it's I, I really do think it's a good idea. Again, I agree with the, the, the privacy aspect where you're not handing your card to someone. You're not having to worry about them, you know, getting the numbers, getting the information. Uh, you can just do the tap or the swipe the card or however, you know, it is. It'll be interesting to see with the physical card for older terminals that don't have the chip reader. Did, did they show if it had the actual magnetic strip still or? I, don't I rem- think they said it had a mag strip as well as the chip. That's okay. what I thought I read. But. Yeah, because there's still a lot of places where the chip. Uh, I can't count how many places I go in where it's where there's a little handwritten sign that says no chip, you know, and you have to yes. swipe it. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's and, you know that it, it it's becoming less and less. And of course, you do have the concern. I, I you know I've got a problem with my my debit card has done this where the chip pins gets dirty. And so you're sitting there swiping the the pin, you know, the, the credit card on your uh, pants or your sleeve or something before you can stick it in, uh, you know. And sometimes that that's a legitimate concern. Where sometimes those pin readers just don't work as well as the good old swipe the magnetic strip and take longer, uh, frankly. Yes, uh, that's yes, I, I just do. I just love Apple Pay, and I'm glad that almost uh, it's like it's getting ubiquitous right down to like my local corner market now takes Apple Pay. I mean, that's just it's such a a, a, a unburdening to have to just hold out the watch or the phone and and use it. Now about the Apple credit card, one of the things that like that kind of got me was they said no fees, but you know like so there's no late fees, no none of that. But if you're late with your payment, your interest rate's going to go up. That's in the fine print. Um, and that's the, yeah. I was going to say that's pretty normal for a lot of credit cards, though. Right, but it's so you know it. But it's sort of, uh, you know, they say no fees, but there kind of is. It's just a different way of of rolling it in. Uh, and they said that the interest rate, well, you know, this was revealed after the event, will be between 13 and 24 percent, which 13 is pretty good. 24 is, uh, frankly, usurious. Pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Um, and I wonder, is this going to be a card for the elites? Is this like an uh, American Express uh if not black, like titanium or something, you know what I mean? Like, is this going to be a card, not for the average person, but for people who, you know, make a lot of money and have a really good credit rating. So that's my concerns. I bet it will be at first. One of the things I talked about is that you get cash back. Like a lot of cards do. Um, You get 1% cash back. If you use the physical card, 2% if you use Apple pay with the card, and 3% when you buy Apple stuff, which is pretty good. And it's direct. Like, as soon as you buy it, it puts the 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 cash value into your account. 
which is pretty good. So I like I like that idea. All right, uh, let's move on to the next one, the, the the service that is actually available today, which is Apple News Plus. Now, this is a little different from Apple News. Apple News was a news service which aggregated content from around the uh, the web of news stories. I use it every every day, mostly every day. Uh, it helps me put together the Starquist Headline podcast that we do. Uh, this is a little different. This is pretty much based on the texture magazine service that Apple bought last year. And it's, as it's often, the things are described today, the Netflix 4. And so this is the Netflix for magazines. Uh, you get, for, for 10 bucks a month, you get access to more than 300 magazines. Uh, you get family sharing. Uh, and there, But there are only a couple of big newspapers, the only big national newspapers, the Wall Street Journal. And with that, you're only getting three days, like th a three-day archive. Anything older than that is not available. Um, and the LA Times, I think, is the other big newspaper. Uh, but there are no other news, no New, New York Times. Um, so, you know, I think for people who read magazines a lot, this is interesting. I don't read a lot of magazines, honestly. So, uh, what what do you think of of this service, uh, Pat? Like the interesting, the the people you know would be interested in it that they're magazine readers. Um, I don't think so. I'm mean, most of the people I know, either they're all print and so they're not doing it on the computer or they just don't read magazines. And I'm kind of falling in that last category. Recently, I went to look at a, a copy of, I don't know, one of the cooking magazines online. And I was so frustrated because I couldn't print it. I couldn't print the recipe. And so the fact is, I don't think from a consumer point of view, my clients are going to be interested. The other thing is, is I don't think it's going to be very valuable for the newspapers and the magazines themselves because they don't get to have their ads in there. They don't have their stock columns in there. Actually, those types of things, I didn't, at least I thought that they said that they weren't going to have that available. They were just going to be excerpted uh, articles. No. So as it stands now, the way it looks, it's it's actually essentially a PDF of the of the of the newsstand magazine that you're going to oh, get. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was more like the Apple News kind of summary. Some, the, the, a few of them are, like, I think the Wall Street Journal doesn't include every article. Some of the, so, so some of them can, will put less out than others, but a lot of the newsstand magazines, like your People's and your, uh, I don't know, Boy's Life or whatever, they, they ha they're just a PDF, which has its own issues, which is P a PDF on a iPad even or on a phone, never mind an iPad, it's harder to read. So um, I think the big knock for the publishers is they don't have a relationship with the subscriber and they're getting less per subscriber. Now, <clears throat> some people say, oh, that's that's fine because they're not getting those people anyway. So whatever they can get, at least they're creating a sort of uh, consumer bond with them. But mm, I, I don't know how valuable I'm. I'm not going to subscribe. That's for sure. Um, not unless if, if my, if my local newspapers, like the, the, I live in the Boston area, so if the Boston Globe or the Boston Herald or the, uh, Quincy Patriot Ledger were available, that would be more interesting because I'm paying 10 bucks a month for the Boston Globe, for instance, their digital, uh, product, which is a mediocre app, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, so that might, that might be interesting to me. Father Corey, what, what do you think of Apple News Plus? I, you know, I, I kind of echo Pat. It's, 
I don't see this and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I really don't. Again, except for like a case you just mentioned where you've got maybe one or two newspapers or magazines you already read online and that this would save you money. That's about the only way I really see this, because I think of, you know, I do read a few magazines. I've got a couple of them I get and I get one of them actually where I, as part of the paper subscription, I also get the digital subscription. I never look at the digital subscription. If I'm going to read a magazine, I want to be able to sit down with the paper magazine. I still enjoy that experience. And, and let's be honest, a lot of people, when they read their magazines, they're probably places where they don't want their iPad or iPhone anyways. <laughs> Uh, you'd be Very surprised. Discreet. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I've used table, the phone right? too, but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're, you're. It's it's true. Although I have to I have to say, uh, there is no more magazine rack in our family bathroom. <laughs> that that has all disappeared uh, over the years. Now it's all. Now I need a bookcase because of my daughters and my wife. Uh, their books uh, taking over the bathroom, but there's a whole use your Kindle, but that's a whole other uh, issue. But I just, I, I really <laughs> think other than certain exceptions, those who are magazine readers are magazine readers. Those who are newspaper readers, they want the physical newspaper. Otherwise they're just going to subscribe to, you know, in my case, billingsgazette.com or whatever, and just read the articles online anyways. Well, and we had uh, our, um, one of our churches had their bulletins online on PDF. And I find that almost all of the experiences are really clunky. You can't get the whole page big enough to read it. And if you zoom it back so that you can see the pictures and in the context, it's just unusable. So most of the PDF readers are really bad for, for a magazine style format. It's fine for books. Yeah, you've got to You've got to des- It's you got to design it for the medium and stuff designed for print doesn't translate very well to to a a, a, a computer screen. Um, I used to do a, 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 a church bulletin as for in a previous job, and yeah, that was that was an issue with that was the you know reading it online. In fact, one of the major uh, bulletin you know slash church website companies had this really clunky reader that simulated like a page flip and all that and i just like i just i don't want anything to do with that that is so much overhead <clears throat> people want the content they don't want this flipping thing you know speaking of I, I recognize i'm a bit of an outlier i like to read the newspaper um in the app the boston globe in their app um i, I it, it looks sort of like a newspaper but it has a <clears throat> an app experience with it <coughs> excuse me but um the I subscribe to a couple magazines, but but one is Cook's Country and one is Cook's Illustrated from uh, the America's Test Kitchen folks. I get Cook's Country as a as a paper magazine, and I get Cook's Illustrated as their digital version. Um, and I do that because I like I, I, I kind of interested in the differences, and uh, I find that with the digital version, I I like to use the I, I, because it has. For cooking, it has videos and other content like that. I, I like that, but in either case, when I want to save an um, a recipe, I got to go online and get it because it's I can't do it from either one into my software, and that's a that's an issue that people are still run into. So let's move on to the next one. The uh, Apple Arcade is a game subscription service for iOS, Mac, and Apple TV. Um, everybody's got a new game subscription thing. This is the thing. It's, it's quote-unquote, 
Netflix for games, because that's what we have to do. Ooh, everything's Netflix for, et cetera, right. et cetera. Well, and that's a good uh, a, a, a something to pay attention to, because if, if, if it's all Netflix for, it shows you who's sort of leading the way, sort of like the Uber for things. So uh, this is uh, Apple Arcade, and it's, it's not a streaming game service. Now, uh, Google announced their Stadia product uh, that they're going to develop, which is a streaming game service. This is just like the games you download from the, the Apple Store now, but you're, they're exclusive to this subscription service. And a, there's no freemiums, so you don't you have to like, oh, you're, you're playing, and boy, this level is really hard, isn't it? Wouldn't it be easier if you just paid five bucks to get this little gadget that makes it easier to... Because you've been working at this level for at least a half an hour now. You, you really want to just move on, don't you? And no ads, which which is the other bane of uh you know these games. I, I like to you know when I have a few minutes, I'm just hanging around, standing in line or something like that to play a game. But gosh, it's so annoying sometimes unless you outright buy them, which I do if I can. Uh, if, if if the games allow for it, because there's there's certain games like I, I like the Who Want Who Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game, and it's it's good. It, they've did a good job on it and everything, but between every round. You have an ad unless you get the ten dollar a month bundle that et cetera et cetera <laughs> right. ten dollars a month for a single game that's just crazy, so this one is um exclusive games, so you won't be able to play them anywhere else uh there's no freemiums, no ads uh they're gonna have a hundred games at launch coming this fall. We don't know how much it's gonna cost, probably ten bucks a month because that's kind of what everything costs uh and one of the notable aspects is Apple is helping to fund development of these games. They're investing in them. So that's an interesting aspect. What do you, what do you think, think of Apple Arcade? Uh, is, it something, is it something you think you'll get or that you could recommend to others? Um, what do you think of this versus the way we've been doing it so far? Yeah, I, one thing I think about it's kind of interesting is not so much the, you know, pay so much per month for games, which that, that's the, the logical model. I mean, it really is. And you know, you mentioned Google Stadia, which I'll talk about more because Dom obviously didn't look ahead to the uh, picks of the week section when he mentioned it. <laughs> what, um, no, wasn't there when I did. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the idea that this will be a service for games that will be cross-platform for iOS, Mac, and TV. You know, that interests me more because I think kind of a, a holy grail that Apple would like to have is you can buy an app on one of their devices and it works on all of their devices, whether desktop, phone, tablet, or TV in case of things that would be logically working on TV. You know, and I, and I can see a point where they're coming out with a unified app store that again, you buy a game from this app store and you can play that game on any of your devices. That's a that's an interesting point. They they recently talked about this whole Marzipan technology where uh, an app can could be moved from iOS to Mac relatively easily. That the the Apple News app is their first foray into that, which it it needs some work still. They're still working on it, but it it works okay. Uh, but you, that's a really good point. Is this is the this is the first instance of third parties that are going to be able to deploy the same app. Uh, across all the platforms that's a that's an interesting and, aspect of it and i mean it would be great to be able to do something like i saw in the the, the verge article you posted that the sim city creator is going to be 
involved in in like making a game for it so think about that you know take something as intensive as the real-time strategy like a sim city you start playing with it on your commute home on your ipad and you're going along and you hit a you get home or get you know you get at your train stop and then you can come home and jump on your mac and take right up where you left yes that would be nice yeah yeah and that's sort of the nintendo switch uh aspect which is it's it's still the same device in that case, but you know you you play it on the go and you come home, you stick it in the uh, in the in the charger or whatever it is the the dock, yep, the little dock, yep. yeah, and then uh, you play it on your big screen. I, I like that. Like my kids and I, we play um, Alto's Odyssey and Alto's Adventure, uh, which is an endless runner you know game. It's it's actually a, a, a very soothing, relaxing game. It's uh, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, but we play it. I play it on the Apple TV. We, the kids play it on the iPad. But you know the you when you go from one to the other the 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 your progress doesn't move from one to the other it would be nice if if that was the case with these apple arcade subscriptions well the other aspect of it is, is that um you know how many games do you go through you you play a game for a while you get bored of it you move on to something else it would be nice to have a service where you don't have to buy it and, and you don't have to put up with the annoyances pat what do you what do you think of apple arcade well i can see uh, depending upon what kinds of games are offered, if they're all intense, one-person shooter, that type of thing, I'm probably not going to. If there's enough casual games, word games, lots of different things that are kind of those, I, I've got an hour to spend, then I probably will. And I like the idea of one price to try a lot of things. I belong to Big Fish, and I've got a paid subscription to it, uh, which is only on, well, it is Mac and PC. But I can see instead of using that, I would rather use the the uh, our Apple Arcade because that gives me more devices in shorter slices of time that I can use it. As far as my clients, I don't know that a lot of my clients are really big game players like that this is trying to attract. But I do see the advantage of them having games that they're not full of ads and that they have to buy. That's a biggie for me. Yeah, that, I think that's a big one is, is that that. The, the not that co- that constant push to pay 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 uh to take that out of your mind and because when you're trying to relax and you have to deal with ads um that that's an attractive element of it and if it's a family sharing thing again um that makes it you know when when you've got a bunch of kids like i do um across all the ipads and 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 stuff in the house that might that makes it much more attractive uh so uh let's move on to let's talk about the Apple TV app. Uh we'll talk about Apple TV Plus in just a second, but Apple TV uh they they mentioned some some small changes to it. They're going to have uh, it's going to be not just on all the devices on the Apple TV itself, iPad, iPhone, but now on the Mac, interesting. On Roku and Fire TV and on smart TVs. Uh, but not on Android. That was an interesting uh, absent name from there. And it means that, I'm not sure what that means. It means that it's going to be curating content even on your Roku channels. and your Yeah, yeah. that's a little weird. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm kind of curious how this is going to, how it is, if it's going to be pulling it from your app, your iTunes account, probably stuff you've bought in iTunes. Um, then they mentioned Apple channels which is, uh, to me, it, it looks a lot like the like what you can do now with Amazon Prime Video, which is I subscribe to Amazon Prime, and then I want to pay a little extra, I can get HBO or I can get Showtime or one of those. That's, Additional channels, yeah. Yeah, so it seems like it's 
basically the same as that. What what do you think of uh, the Apple TV app uh, here uh, uh, that they're offering? You know, it's interesting you mentioned Roku. What I think of for that is it almost sounds like they're trying to set up a second launcher, if you will, for Roku. Because, you know, most of what they're going to what they'll have in this, as I as I look at some of the options that they're showing is stuff that you can already watch on Roku. The advantage, of course, is if you're like me, where you've got a Roku and an iPad and a Mac where you could have all the same stuff under one app. Um, and it is interesting, you know, you mentioned the, the Fire TV, but not Android. As far as I know, all the Fire devices, including Fire TV, are Android based now very loosely so i mean the, amazon has obviously put its little hooks in there to make it more amazon centered versus google centered but i think it's still off the basic android infrastructure so it wouldn't be much of anything for apple to port it to android which means it was a conscious choice to say no we're not going to go with our direct competitor to our phones it's you know same thing of not having it for windows same idea or at least they didn't say it. I mean, that doesn't mean they didn't specifically say they weren't going to do it. I guess the idea behind it is like, as they say, it's it's one place to go to watch your content, you know, wherever it's coming from, wherever it's stored, which is sort of like a plex, I guess. Of course, the one the one thing missing with which we've the names with the we've we've mentioned them several times now. The one name missing from all this is Netflix. You still can't watch your Netflix shows here. It, it's still they're not working together, which is obviously they're comp competing in this space. But you still can't keep track of what you've been watching on Netflix in the Apple TV app. Pat, what do you think of well, this? Well, they didn't not not app Amazon Prime either, right? No, Prime you can do in because you can do that today in the Apple Video app. Um, oh, okay. Prime, I so didn't you, know that. You, so it tracks Prime. Um, they use the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel as an uh, example here, but. Does does this seem like something? Do, do do the people you work with, or do you have a you know use Apple TV? Is is it is it mainstream enough now? I have a lot of people with Apple TV, but I also have a lot of people with Roku. It's probably split about, you know, about half and half. I think for most of my senior clients, this is going to be one step beyond what they want to do. I don't think that they're going to see this as a benefit. I see the people who say, "Oh, well, Apple's developing new content." You know, they're putting the money in that, just like Amazon Prime and Netflix. I think that might be a, a draw for some of them. But, you know, I think a lot of my clients wouldn't be interested. Oh, well, so the so there's the Apple TV Plus, which is the content they're developing. And this is more of a putting every uh, like this other stuff that they are that's already out there in one place. Uh, but but I yeah, it's it's still complicated enough, I think, where it's 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 not mainstream for everyone yet. There's still some it because it, I, I honestly I don't use Apple Video the Apple Video app today myself because I just I don't I, I find the interface it's it when you have more than one person in the family using the same devices like if if my wife watches a show and then I watch the a show it's show it, you know it's saying hey you want to keep watching this other show well I'm not watching that that's her show that's not my show in you know it's sort of it everything is all in one place all mixed together and it's 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 not ideal now what what i could see though you talk about everything be all in one place mixed together i actually i could see an advantage to that though not so much for the suggestions and all that but you know looking through some of the names that they've got here i could see where you could go into this app and say i want to watch star trek 
and say, okay, well, you can watch Star Trek, the latest Star Trek Discovery from CBS All Access. Uh, BBC America is showing a rerun of Star Trek Next Generation. Here's the Star Trek original series from Amazon Prime. And just click here and it takes you right to it where you've got all these different sources. And that's kind of, again, this is kind of the... The, the the key that I that all these streaming services want is where you can go to one place, type in what you want, and their service comes up. And you don't have to go into the CBS All Access app and pull up new shows and Discovery and this episode. But instead, just say, I want to watch Star Trek Discovery. And, and let's put it this way. You know, imagine being able to sit down in your living room and say, Siri, pull up the latest Star Trek Discovery episode. Boom. And it goes and gets it wherever it is. Right there. And you don't care if it came off of CBS All Access, Amazon Prime, live streaming, doesn't matter. It's there. One of the concerns I do have, though, is that sometimes you have people in a family that are watching the same series and they're at different points. And Apple hasn't been real good about you know, most of the devices are personal devices, so it doesn't allow for multiple choices, multiple streams. And that would Netflix does, but you know, and so that helps some. But that that has been, yeah, that has been an issue. In, in and I, I think the the future is in um, providing the content. You know, the it's the to be content centric, which is uh, I'm interested in watching a show. I'm not interested in watching a channel or a streaming service, and. Th- but but until Netflix is on board, there's still going to be this division. And never mind Netflix, when Disney Plus gets its product out there, when they're going to have all that Disney Fox content, Star Wars and Marvel and all that stuff is going to be on Disney Plus. If they're not on it, you're still going to have this division. So uh, there's that. OK, so let's move on to the to the to what was supposed to be the biggest announcement, which is this Apple TV Plus product. Um, and this was during the event. They had this, you know, cavalcade of stars. They had Spielberg and Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and uh, Big Bird, and uh, finishing off with Oprah. And it was, I, I, it was a little strange because it was very light on detail and very big on philosophical vision, um, and uh, it, it, which culminated with Oprah coming out and going on and on about, uh, you know, um, what does she say? There's never been a moment quite like this one. We have this unique opportunity to rise to our best selves and how we choose to use our technology and our humanity and so on and so forth. And there's lock- lots of this talk about these high-minded abstract principles and the pursuit of higher things. And I'm thinking, you're making TV. <laughs> you know, you're making movies, which is still culture. I get that. But I don't know. It feels like, you know, is this guy? Is this? Are they making a, a a video service, or are they trying to? I don't know. And you know, some social engineering stuff. Shape culture. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What, what did you think of the of the announcement? Uh, you know, of what Apple managed to announce, which is no price, no date, no you know, and and then a handful of shows. What do you What do you think of this announcement? I, I have to admit that. It seems like, okay, they they put all these high-minded ideals, and of course, Apple's good at that. Apple's good at that. Our devices are going to change the world. You'll never look at the world differently after this device comes out once you pay your $1,000 plus for it, you know. Um, 
And it's just like, okay, how is this any different than Hulu originals or Amazon originals or Netflix originals? And maybe Apple will focus on something that's less of entertainment and more of the documentaries and things like that, which, of course, you know, I mean, they would be very well done and be worth watching, I'm sure. But is it really going to be anything different than your basic what every other streaming service is trying to do with their own high quality, in many cases, originals? Well, and one of the things that kind of was intriguing is to see the controversy over the content that might be there saying it won't have R-rated stuff or, uh, you know, that those types of things will not be allowed. And for me, I'm saying, yay. Yeah. But for other Bravo people, Apple. oh, <laughs> that's terrible. You yeah. know, that's one of the things that the people have talked about with the Apple's like the uh, the app store is that it has very strict rules about what it allows and it doesn't allow so-called adult content, uh, R-rated or X-rated content that is out there on other platforms that they've been kind of strict about it. And they, not so much in their um, music because, you know, they have the full range of music. Uh, so there's been some question about which way are they going to go? But I, I, as, as someone coming from a, both a, a, a father point of view, but also a Catholic point of view, I I'm I think you can make content that doesn't have to be uh sleazy. <laughs> sleazy, thank you. Uh and violate some moral norms to 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 entertain. I I I would appreciate seeing that. It's it's harder, harder work I think in some cases. It's not the easy win that that you know uh showing some skin or or uh, or uh, bloody gore uh, is for some uh, shows or movies. But uh, I'd I'd like I'd appreciate that I would applaud that coming from Apple. Well, and how how often do we talk about a movie where they could have gone there? They could have put in the gore. They could have put in the sex. They could have put in whatever. Uh, you know, and they don't. You know, one example I think of recently is the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, that dealt with his sexuality. It was talked about. It was you know it was a part of the movie. Yet they didn't show it. You know, and we applauded them for them and rightfully so, because that's much more artistic. And frankly, it, it's, it shows a better talent for writing and for cinematography to be able to tell about things like that without actually showing it. Right. I agree. Again, the, the other part of this is that they were, they, they kind of talked about a handful of shows, uh, an amazing stories from Steven Spielberg, The Morning Show with uh, Jennifer Aniston, Reetha Witherspoon, Stephen Carell, uh, a the sci-fi show with Jason Momoa and Alfred Woodard, uh, a, some Sesame Street connected shows, a show uh, from uh, Camille Camille Nanjiani, a, a nonfiction a documentary style show about immigrants. Uh, Oprah's got some documentaries or something like that. But that's really kind of it. They didn't talk about well, what else do you get? What else you know? Are is it going to be like Amazon or or Hulu or Netflix or any of these where they have, yeah, our originals. And then we have this whole back catalog of other things that makes your 10 or 15 bucks a month worthwhile. Uh, there, there was no mention of that. I, I think, you know, it, I've been, I'm paying, there's a lot of 10 and $15 charges that I have to, that people are being asked to, to lay out a month. I mean, just in this one event, there's already two that are probably 10 bucks a month each. And and pro and now this other one, which is ten to fifteen, uh, you know, so you know, it, it's a it's a dicey proposition. I mean, you got Disney Plus coming; people are gonna want to buy that, and uh, you know, it's there's a lot of this. 
a lot of these expenses coming down on people, you've got to have a, a pretty high value proposition to convince me to, to, to shell out yet more money a month. I was, I was going to say, just looking at the list of what they're showing for the, the TV app, if you subscribe to the majority of their services that they'll support, at least what they've listed as supporting, you're talking well, well over $100 a month. Right. I mean, we're back in, you know, buying the the uh, the, the complete cable package uh, realm that we used to be in. Not that and, long and there's ago. still nothing on. Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. right. Uh, so it'll, it'll bear watching again. Not, I don't think there are enough details um, to this. To quite honestly, I think they they we needed more. We needed trailers for these new shows. We needed more information, and we didn't we didn't get much more than we already knew, more than we already knew. So uh, a little disappointed in that. One of the big question that kind of comes at the end of this event is Apple is really moving from making devices that connect to stuff to making the stuff we connect to, you know, to creating culture. <clears throat> and so the question is, what will they create? What do you think about this tech companies now creating the culture, the arts for uh, that we that we want to experience in our society? What do you think? Concerns? Any concerns about that? I, I don't I guess I don't have a problem with it. I mean, anybody can can do this. And it, it seems to me that it's it's been a goal of Apple for a long time to at a minimum to be the where you get the stuff you watch or listen to, you know, because, of course, they've had iTunes for how long now and the, the stuff you can buy through there. And, of course, the apps and everything and all that. Um, and I I, I I can't remember. They they really haven't. What I would be interested in, actually, as I'm thinking about this is, you know, there was the lawsuit way back when between Apple Records, a.k.a. the Beatles and Apple Computers. And part of that agreement was that Apple wouldn't get into Apple Records world. Well, of course, they've done that with iTunes, but that was still selling the music, not making it. Now that they're starting to get into the more creative is there a point where they're going to bump up against that again no well no when they started the apple music service the you know the the the, the streaming music service they actually uh, that came up and they they ended up uh, bu buying a massive license for you know they threw like a billion dollars at them or something like that and and kind of settled all that out so i i don't see that <clears throat> coming up again but the, you know they have been moving into you know this service area this you know creating this content and for selling content, but now creating it. And it's an interesting, you know, there's, there's, there's all this talk. We talked, I think last week about Disney and Fox merging and all, and this, the, the big Hollywood powerhouses, the major studios went from six to five and we see this consolidation in Hollywood. And, and we talked about how, yeah, but you know, that's consolidation seems like a bad thing, but there are these big players coming in from outside of Hollywood who are going to start competing with these guys. Interesting question. Um. Well, one of the thoughts I had as you were talking and that I hadn't thought about before is there is a problem with the arts and culture in a sense that they're not as supported uh, by the society as they used to be. Way back when you had the patrons of the arts, you had, you know, I know there's Patreon and, and a few things like that, but this might be an opportunity to get some of that back in a sense, that it's not government sponsoring it, it's corporations sponsoring it and making it available for a price. 
but still that's that's a good thing certainly there's more content available now and all the, across all the different services than ever before that's for sure uh, more more art if you want some some of it more artistic than others but <laughs> <laughs> some of it questionable <laughs> right right okay well we'll i'm sure we'll be talking about this again there'll be more details coming out uh, over the next few months so let's move on to our next segment which uh, there's a, a, a cute story uh about pope francis uh so he was recently at an event. Uh, let's see, it's uh, put on by the uh, one of the founders of uh, an organization called Code.org. It's one of the Silicon Valley or Seattle entrepreneur, but he was a, a tech entrepreneur named Hadi Partovi. And there was an event put on uh, alongside a papal foundation in the Vatican, and the, the, the Holy Father was there, and uh, he was talking to the kids about, you know, learn computer science and use your creativity for the common good. Uh, but as part of it, he was also, um, they had a, a little bit of a media event where the Pope helped write the last line of code for a, a program that is being developed for the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, so and so there's this very cute scene where he, he and, and these uh, three ki- girls, 11, 13, and 16, uh, all helped complete this program. Uh, did you guys get a chance to see that uh, that story? I looked at the story a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a. I mean, I'm 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 for it. You know, I was a computer programmer and a computer you know computer administrator for before I was uh, a priest, and so to uh, to see the Pope doing this is kind of kind of cute. And, I mean, obviously, it's it's the modern programming language equivalent of 10 print hello world yes <laughs> right yes that's it. well and a little bit like the the first twitter that the pope did you know the first tweet etc it's it's kind of just saying here we are right right we're it, part of we're part attention. of the world too yes it gets attention to it yeah the uh the line of code by the way was uh set screen for la paz which or which is spanish for for, for peace so uh, very, very cute. Uh, I, I wonder what his preferred code, uh, his preferred programming language is. Um, well, Cobol, this, this, it looks like, yeah, this, code, this code.org, I, I can't quite find, but I think they've kind of basically taken something like Python or, or uh, JavaScript or something like that, you know, a, a interpretive type, interpreted type language and kind of made their own version for their app. As I, I, I can't quite, I, I did a little bit of search and I couldn't quite find what language they teach. And, and maybe I just missed where they talk about it. But still, I mean, for so, to have something like that, a, even just a made up, quote unquote, programming language or a derivative programming language to help people learn how to program is vital because 90% of learning how to program is just learning the thought of how programming works, the logic behind it. Learning an actual each different language is not that hard. I mean, yes, they've got their libraries, et cetera, et cetera. But it's the biggest part is just how do I think like the computer expects to work? Right. The, the structured thinking that goes along with creating a program, uh, you know, a logical progression of workflow. And even more important, how do you think in terms of debugging and finding an error and fixing the thing? to think logically. That's one of the reasons why I want my kids to, to at least get in the basics of, of, of learning how to program so they can start to think in those terms, like logically, how do I work through a problem? I mean, 
if you're a doctor or a lawyer or you know a, an auto mechanic, you need to be able to think logically and how to think through a a workflow or how to think through an algorithm. The, these concepts apply throughout life, not just to programming. So I, I applaud that effort. Well, and it's it also goes back to the the church is not opposed to science. They are not opposed to technology. We are part of it. I like that. Right. The church is in fact the uh, the root of science and reason. Uh, where where the that has grown and flourished, uh, contrary to a uh, popular myth. So, very good. Uh, so let's let's move on to our final segment where we'll talk about our picks of the week. And Pat, as our first time uh, panelist, I'll give you the honor of going first. What's your pick of the week? Well, I thought a little bit about it, and uh, I decided that my pick of the week uh, in technology was going to be how to protect your internet access. And for most people going into a coffee shop or a hotel or someplace like that, they're at risk. So one method to protect that is a VPN, a virtual private network service. And I was interested in something that would be easy to use, easy to set up, be available on all your devices, and not slow you down to a point where it was unworkable. So I tried a whole bunch of them, uh, including... uh, uh, operas, uh, Cyber Ghost, Private Internet Access, and Nord, and ExpressVPN. And I finally uh, eliminated all of the others because of lack of connection ability, maybe limited to what devices I could use, and speed. That was the biggest thing. So I ended up with ExpressVPN, which is not the cheapest of the lot, by any chance, but if you pay for it on an annual basis, it's it's a it's a reasonable it cut cuts that price down to a reasonable amount. Um, I had looked through all sorts of reviews looking for the ones that had the best reputation because one of the worries is do they track you and what kind of tracking and uh, are they are you the product? For that reason, I especially recommend don't use a free VPN. Because you are the product, what else are they getting out of it? They may not, they may not have all of it identifiable, but they're getting something out of it. Um, so I settled on, on that one. And recently, Opera announced they're coming out with another VPN, a free one. And I, I thought, well, I'll check that out. It is not a VPN. It is a proxy service. So it anonymizes you. It does no encryption. And it only is good for your browser session. It doesn't help you with anything else. So when is a VPN not a VPN? When it's Opera. (laughs) I was really disappointed in that. But uh, the main thing with uh, the VPN, uh, ExpressVPN that I liked, it once you install it, and it's an easy install, it's one button you click to turn it on and turn it off. And it makes it extremely easy for somebody who's not technical to use. Um, A side issue that uh, VPN can do is if you are traveling or you uh, want to watch something like we went to Canada and I wanted to pull up my Netflix subscription. I couldn't because I pay for it in the U.S. So in Canada, I could not watch it, except I had my Express VPN. And so I just said, hey, I'm in Detroit. And at that point, I was able to watch what I wanted to watch. I've also done that with some of the BBC stuff. Uh, so you could pretend to be in London for the day and get to watch uh, 
I don't remember which one it was at this point, but it was it it was a good service. So that's my pick of the week. Cool, that's a good one. I gotta I gotta say, uh, when people are going on to like the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, don't r- download VPNs at random. Uh, they have found that that many of those are actually Trojan horses. They're bad for you. Apple had to go in and clear a bunch of them out because they were they were they were they were fake and they were taking people's data and information and privacy away from them. Uh, so that you know you might pay a little more. You're gonna get what you're paying for though when you go with a service like this. I've used and if you, I was gonna say if you do want to research it, Tom's Hardware has one of the best unbiased uh, review sections. CNET and some of the others a lot of advertising in there still. But uh, Tom's Hardware has a, a good review of not only VPNs, but a lot of things. I've used EncryptMe for a number of years. Uh, and the, the thing I like about, about it is that it turns on automatically on networks that are unfamiliar. You can say these are familiar networks. The problem with it I've encountered is, is it, it sometimes it gets really flaky and gets stuck between on and off on outside networks. And, some, and I'm like struggling with why am I not uh, getting access? So I'm gonna I might check out ExpressVPN. Um, uh, Encryptme has been good, but uh, I've heard a lot of good things about ExpressVPN. So thank you for that pick, uh, Father Corey. Uh, your pick that I uh, inadvertently let out of the that, bag that earlier. Dom already <laughs> spoiled. But uh, I'm you know I I do want to mention Google Stadia, and of course it's not out, but it's and it's not a competitor to Apple's uh, Arcade because Apple's Arcade service is going to be an app delivery service, basically. You pay so much per month to use these apps. And it will be interesting, by the way, just thinking this with Apple Arcade, what happens when your subscription ends? What happens, how do those apps lock out or whatever? But that's that's another issue. But uh, the idea with Google Stadia is if you've got Chrome on a device and Chrome runs fine on that device, you can run top-of-the-line games. Because what Google's going to do is they're going to basically use their servers, which, you know, they've got millions of servers that can scale up and they're building custom servers with the the uh, graphics cards and everything they need and can scale up number of servers to play these games. So the games will run on their servers and then you'll just get the video and send the input back and forth. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how that's going to be as far as lag is concerned, especially for someone like me out in. Montana, where I might have the bandwidth, but the latency might be a little bit longer than someone who, say, like is in Boston or Texas or someplace like that, where they're going to have server farms in your community. They claim they claim that they've solved it somehow, some some magic, but uh, it'll yeah. be, we'll have to see but it. But it's going to be interesting to see. And, and the, the thing I like about it is, you know, you could you'll be able to take something like a Chromebook. And of course, this is what Google wants. This is their focus. To get it to that, you'll be able to use a Chromebook, and the Chromebook will have absolutely no hardware acceleration whatsoever. But it won't matter. You'll be able to play a latest of the great, latest greatest, high you know high definition up to eight K game. That's from your Chromebook, right? I'll believe it when I see it. But yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. But if if they can pull it off, and they they tested it with uh, Assassin's Creed Origin. And it sounded like it did pretty well, especially, again, for those who were in major metropolitan areas where Google has a server farm already. Because then you're just within a little little bit of distance, relatively speaking, from the source. 
versus again for me where i you know the fact is it might not work well for me for a while although with 5g cell coverage coming out eventually that might change too so i'm, I'm interested to see what it's like because i mean if nothing else and again, this is another one. We don't know how much it's going to cost. We don't know if you're going to pay so much for Google Stadia and then have to buy the games. If you know Google Stadia is free for everyone, but then you have to buy the games, how's that going to work? You know, we don't know any of that yet either. So it's everybody's kind of watching to see because they are promising again. You know, these top of the line games. So, so uh, my pick of the week is Unsplash.com. Now, Unsplash, but specifically their app. Uh, which I know is available on iOS. I don't know. I don't think they have an Android one yet. I should have uh, dug deeper on that. I, I wasn't able to find anything on that. But um, they they offer um, this service. They have all of these beautiful photos taken by very good photographers on their website for free for your use. You can use however you want. Uh, you can use it commercially. You can modify them. You can fold, spindle, and mutilate them. You can do whatever you want. Uh, but the thing that I specifically wanted to highlight was their app, which lets you look at their service, go through their photos, and you can pick new photos for wallpapers. And that's one of the things I like to do is every once in a while, I like to take one of these beautiful photos, and and, and they have a lot of them that are uh, sized in correctly in the portrait orientation uh, with the right size for your for your phone devices, whichever ones you use. Uh, and so you just, you, all you have to do is uh, hit the button, It'll walk you through the whole thing of how to make it a wallpaper and the homepage uh, photo. And right there, boom, you've got, uh, you know, this beautiful new wallpaper. And I mean, this is our this is the new way of we, we personalize things, our our new uh, galleries. We have our, our devices with our personalized photos on them. But I just wanted to p uh, point it out. It's absolutely free. There's no cost. Uh, it's just a fun little nice thing that that a bunch of nice people have given to the rest of us. Uh, and I do. Yeah, I do appreciate and I, that. And I just, I just looked. They do not have an Android, although they have a section for Android wallpapers uh, on their website. On their website, yeah. So yeah, you it's could a parallel product. <laughs> yeah, you could do. You could go to their website on your device, on your um, yeah, uh, on your Android phone, and through the browser and and do it. But the app yeah. makes it a little easier. By the well, way, they have it's, a, it, go ahead. But it's funny though because you know they got a page for Android wallpapers. Get the best new wallpapers using one of our apps. Download on the Mac App Store. Download on the App Store. <laughs> I, I do uh, want to point hello out. Hello, guys. <laughs> yeah, they're, they have a spirituality section uh, category, which, you know, as you might expect, has a lot of different stuff. There's a lot of really nice Catholic imagery, statues, uh, places. They have, you know, St. Peter's. They have um, even, like, if you want an image of your of a lectionary, which is in, in there, or an altar with a lectionary or a... Uh, sacramentary on it uh a lot of really cool guy in adoration i mean there's a lot of actually pretty cool um catholic imagery there which uh which i would recommend you check out um oh look it's the old north church in boston i'm just paging through uh and so i just saw the old north church so is that where you got your short cathedral picture the other day no that one uh, was from alatea i want to recommend uh check that article at alatea they uh th although they they often use um services like this for their photos but uh, they had an article recommending that you know, every catholic should go visit a uh, chart cathedral so once in their life and i agree i've been there it is the most amazing place uh, it is beautiful it's, it's incredible so uh before we close out here i want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology and today we want to thank by name bob m joe b amy f sean m and 
BAMTA uh, through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give. They make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows we do at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What did you think of our discussion? What did you think of Apple's announcements this week? Let us know by visiting sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or our Twitter account at sqpn. You can leave some feedback there or send us an email to technology at sqpn.com. You can find the links uh, from our discussion in our show notes. And remember to subscribe in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or on YouTube, where you should hit the bell to get notifications. Write a review in iTunes if you can. Please, please, please give us a nice five-star review. That helps us get the notice to others. It helps the show grow, as does if you... Uh, share the podcast with your friends. We've had a nice little bit of growth with the with the show uh, in our first couple months here. Uh, we we really appreciate you letting others know about it and helping us to grow our audience. The bigger the audience uh, for us, the better the show is for you. That's just the way it always works with podcasts. And if you until next time, Pat Scott, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you for inviting me, Father Corey Stika. Thank you as well. I'm glad to be here, and thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bethanelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest.